about um, 15 or maybe 20 years ago, I went to this mass. It was actually a memorial mass for a priest who had died. Um, it was a priest that my mother knew when she was a kid uh, in Brooklyn. This would have been in the, I guess like the late 1940s, the early 50s. Uh, I never met this priest. His name was Father Jim Tully, uh, but I'd heard a lot about him over the years. He was loved, like really loved by a lot of people. Um, when he died, he'd been retired for a number of years. He was in his 80s. I think he lived in uh, North or South Carolina, I forget. So anyway, maybe about a month or so after his death, uh, a group of people from that parish in Brooklyn, um, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, they organized this mass. They have a great uh, alumni association. So they wanted to just have a, a mass to remember Father Tully. I mean, they didn't go down to the funeral down south. Um, so I went. Um, it was kind of unbelievable uh, in a great way, this Mass. It must have, there must have been 150 people who came to it. Uh, people mostly, I guess, in their 60s and 70s, maybe some a little bit older. But it was just an incredible testament to uh, that priest, for sure. And that time, I think, um, after the Mass, they had a luncheon, and uh, they had a microphone, and it was great. They just, people passed this microphone around, and people told Father Tully's stories, and they just told, like, growing up stories in Brooklyn uh, during that time. And uh, I remember being kind of envious. I mean, I was absolutely inspired by just the example of this priest, again, who I had never even met, but I was just kind of envious. I was thinking like how great it must have been to have been part of that church or to have been a priest in the church at that time. Um, it was really just a great day. Um, like I said, it was very, you couldn't help but be inspired by it. Um, a couple of months later, I was doing this parish mission down in Florida and uh, I told that story about that priest, and uh, I suspect I don't really remember for sure, but I'll bet my point, I must have been doing kind of a, a comparison between yesterday and today, uh, those days and that time, um, and how good it seems like it was when you hear people from that time talk about it. Um, and like I said, I'm sure I was kind of comparing it to those days to these days. In a lot of ways, those days were kind of glory days for the church and for Catholics. And I probably was saying something like, you know, we've got to try to retrieve at least an element of that. Anyway, after the Mass, I'm greeting people at the door, and a woman comes up to me, and very, very polite and, and actually very uh, affirming, of what I said, but then say this. You know, she said to me, uh, and she was probably about 70, maybe, and she said, uh, you know, I got married in those glory days that you're talking about, um, but the guy that I married was Protestant, so we couldn't get married in the church. 
in the sanctuary. We had to get married in the sacristy off to the side. She said, I always felt like I was sort of being punished for marrying this wonderful guy who she was still very much married to. And then this other woman who was, I guess, kind of listening to that, listening to us, next person in line, she says, you know, um, she told me that her aunt years ago, back in those days, her aunt had battled mental illness, depression, and she committed suicide ultimately. And she said that the church wouldn't allow a, a funeral mass for her. And she wasn't allowed to be buried in a, in a Catholic cemetery. And these two women kind of just, they just spoke with um, some, some element of resentment. And I think it was a reaction to all the, the wonderful things I was saying about those glory days. And their point in a totally respectful, very pleasant way was, you know, those glory days, they weren't all so glorious. It wasn't all good. It was good, but it wasn't all good. It's never all good, right? Well, I guess that's maybe my point this morning, or at least part of a point, and it's this, like, don't over-sentimentalize or idealize yesterday. Because I think when we do that, or if we do that too much, without any sort of critical memory, you can fail to see the glory in today. You can fail to recognize God in today. And that's not a good thing. That's a scary thing. And I just think there's the challenge for us to get better at recognizing God's grace, God's truth, God's fingerprints in this moment, today, now. Doesn't mean it's all good now. It doesn't mean it's all right now. Of course it's not. But it's also not all wrong. And it's not all bad. It's never all anything. But God's always there. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I think those days that I heard described at that memorial mass, and when I hear my, my mother talk about those days, I think in a lot of ways they were better days. Even just hearing them from a distance. Standards were different. We had more standards then, it seems to me. And we've walked away from a lot of them as a culture. And how could that possibly be a good thing? There was more innocence then, and I think that was good, generally. And there was more respect then. And a lot of that's been lost. But they weren't perfect. That's really what I think these two women were telling me in that church in Florida. So again, I just think one of the, the challenges for us is not deny the, the good of yesterday, but recognize this moment. It's not Brooklyn 1948. It's Long Beach 2020. And where is God to be found? Where is God's grace to be felt and experienced? I think, in a way, that's what Jesus might be speaking about in this amazing parable. 
Actually, he's saying a bunch of things. It's, such a, it's what makes it such a great story because you can come from so many different angles. It's clearly, it, it says a lot about God's mercy and God's generosity and his patience and his just absolute desire for us. That's why he, he hires everybody at all hours of the day. He just wants us. But you know what I think sometimes we get hung up on the details of some of these great stories. We actually take them too literally and we start arguing with the crazy unimportant details. It was a story, he told. It didn't really happen. It's a parable. It's all symbolic. We forget that. You know what it's not about? You know, again, we hear like, okay, so this guy, this business owner, or landowner, whatever he was, he hires these people. Somebody works an eight-hour day, and then somebody works a one-hour day, and he pays them the same? Well, we look at that, and we're like, that's crazy. That's not fair. Who would do that? How could you not resent that? If you worked eight, you worked one, and you got the same as I got. But that's not what the story's about. It's not about how to run a business or how to treat your workers. It's not about fair employment practices. If you treated people that way and you ran a business, you'd be out of business because nobody would show up on time. They'd all show up at the last hour knowing they were going to get a full day's wage. It's not about that. I think it might be about this. It's about not being bitter. Not comparing notes. Not looking over your shoulder at what everybody else around us has got when we seem to not have it. I think it's about seeing God in your life and what you do have. And what we have isn't perfect, but it's where God is. You know what? This Right before this parable in Matthew's gospel, there's an interesting little back and forth between Peter and Jesus. Peter says to him, so what do we get? Like, what's our reward going to be for all that we've done? Like, we, we dropped everything. We've walked away pretty much from everything we had, Jesus, for you. I was working a job fishing, and I got out of the boat, and I never went back because I've been following you. So, you know, What's the payout going to be? We've got to get more than the, half of these other clowns who only got on board halfway through. The people who only worked a half a day, we worked the full day. So you've got to give us more at the end of the day, right? And then Jesus responds with this parable. And I think his point is, listen, you're with me. Who's the, in, in, the, in the parable, the story, the symbolic, not true story, who does the landowner represent? God. So it's like if you worked the full day, you got to spend the whole day with God. It's not about working some field, digging some ditch. It's about time with God. So if we figure that out sooner than somebody else, and somebody else has got a deathbed conversion going, they live this terrible life, and now at the last minute, you know, they're, they're, they're looking for the church. All right, whatever. And sometimes, like, we resent, you got to be kidding. You think you're going to get the same reward I got? I played by the rules my whole life. Hey, I, maybe you played by the rules by your whole life. Be grateful for that. Because the rules matter. 
The rules bring us to a better life. We're like the ones who worked the full day. Yeah, it was work. It wasn't always easy, but it was with God. I remember doing a, a funeral um, a couple of years ago down here in Long Beach, and it was, uh, anyway, it was a, an elderly woman who died. And I remember dealing with the, uh, her daughter. The woman had a number of kids, adult kids, but I, the point person was this one daughter. And I realized she was really the primary kind of caretaker, I guess, for this mom. At a certain point, maybe 20 years before she moved in with the daughter, and I think, if I remember right, I think maybe the last couple of years she was in a nursing home, but very present, this daughter was. You could just tell. And she also kind of, she had, like I said, a couple of other siblings, and at the wake, I remember at one point she sort of expressed frustration with her, her siblings because they just sort of dropped the ball as their mother got older, and they weren't nearly as present as they should have been. And uh, anyway, she kind of resented it. She was most present to her, and at times it was tough. Like they, they should have stepped up, and they kind of, they always kind of often had excuses. And she wasn't like crazy bitter, but she just was a little, a little upset about it. Seemed very understandable to me. Anyway, I did the funeral, and that was it. Maybe about a month or so later, I got a note from her, and she was just kind of thanking me for the, for the funeral mass and all. And then she also apologized in this note and just said, you know what, I've been thinking about the last, these last couple of weeks since she's been gone. She said, I've been thinking about the last 20 years that I had with her. And she was like, I wouldn't have traded those for anything. And they weren't always easy. It was work. And in a sense, it wasn't fair because I, I shouldered more of it than, than my siblings did. But I got those memories. And I'm grateful for that. I think it's this gospel. Yeah, she worked the full day. And it was tough. And some people who should have worked harder didn't. But they missed out. Sometimes we look at the ones who we think have it easy they're living the better life, the easier life. And I think we make the mistake of failing to recognize the good in our life. I think you remember the, remember the great Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days? It's the guy who's living in the past. His glory days were when he was 17. And he played high school baseball. And he just keeps going back. He's now in his middle age, middle age. And he keeps going back to being a high school kid. It's kind of a, it's a great song, but it's kind of a sad song. Hey, the Jimmy Buffett song, A Pirate Looks at 40, it's another great song. It's about this guy who wishes he was born in another era. He wishes he was a pirate because they lived wild lives. The cannons don't thunder and there's nothing to plunder for him now because there are no more pirates. I'm an over 40 victim of fate, arriving too late. It's just like they're, they're people who's lost their lives. They focus on, on, on the stuff they shouldn't obsess on. I think they are great songs, but they're ultimately kind of sad songs. Who wants to be those characters in those songs? 
Sometimes we are. But we shouldn't be. Yeah, yesterday mattered. But today matters more. So make it matter.